welcome to the Nola Row Experience Podcast. Raw, honest, relatable experiences that help us grow. Are you subscribed? If not, what are you waiting for? Go! And please, leave a review and help us grow while you're at it. Thank you. On today's episode, Daddy Issues, we're going to find out what you didn't know and the SOA Q&A and of course today's Happy Habit. December 2015, I woke up, did my stretching routine, and thanked God for a beautiful day. As I was brushing my teeth, I checked my flight to see if the heavy rain had caused it to delay. That's when I realized that my flight was leaving much earlier than I thought. I started rushing because I had to drive my son to my mom before I went to the airport. We got ready. And as I was running with him to the car, the strong winds blew my umbrella away. At that very moment, while the rain was beating my face, I knew I was going to miss my flight. And I was okay with it. I felt so much at peace. And my son's laughter made me so happy. He was excited and thought it was hilarious that I had lost the umbrella. I accepted that I would miss my flight to Miami, and I said, F it. I called my ride, who was meeting me at my mom's, to let him know I would be late. He didn't pick up. Surprisingly, I got to my mom quicker than I expected, even though I was driving slowly. I asked her to take me to the airport because my driver still wasn't answering. She was sick, but said yes. While on the Belt Parkway, I said, Mom, we're always in this same movie. You rushing me to get somewhere important at the last minute. Thank you. We got to the airport in good time. When I took my bag to curbside check-in, it was overweight and would cost $100. I begged the gentleman to let me slide. He screwed up his face but didn't charge me. (laughs) I gave him... A $5 tip. He complained that it wasn't enough for the money he saved me. Regis Philbin walked by smiling. Hey, Regis. The line for the security checkpoint was too long. Moved too slowly, but I made it through in time to catch my flight. But before I made it to the plane, drum roll, of course, I was the one security pulled off the line because their machines couldn't identify everything in my bag. As soon as I was cleared, I started running towards the plane only to hear shouting, Miss, Miss, you left your laptop. Grab laptop. I was the last passenger on board. As I got into the aircraft, I realized there was some sort of delay inside because the aisle was crowded. My phone rang. Hey mom, I made it. Thank you. It became so apparent to me that in this beautiful moment, my mom connected to pray, and she's always covering me. I drifted slowly up the aisle and felt blessed to have her. She meant well, and she showed it. I'm blessed. The person who was supposed to sit next to me wasn't in their seat, 
So I had all of that room to do, I don't know what, yay. Takeoff time came quickly. It was our turn to ascend. And as the plane was speeding up, it suddenly slowed down and made a U-turn. What now? There was a water leak on board and maintenance needed to come on to check to see where the water was coming from. Splendid. The issue was fixed in 30 minutes and we took off. On my hungriest day of the year, snacks are no longer free on American Airlines. It cost $7 for a mini snack box. Okay. The flight attendants forgot to take my payment. No problem because I already paid for this when I purchased the ticket. The gentleman sitting two seats over kept dusting himself off. Then it escalated to him actually swatting things on his bubble vest. He got my attention now. I looked at him and noticed he's picking things out of his hair. I'm not sure what, but they clearly needed to be dusted and swatted. I asked God to intervene on my behalf. Throughout this entire adventure, I didn't become annoyed until now. I don't mind missing a flight, but I'm pissed that you're digging in your head three feet away from me. God, please annihilate whatever this man is battling so we can both be at ease. I don't see anything, but he believes something is there, so something must be there. Please do not allow that something to crawl or fly my way. Thanks, God. Fast forward. I'm in Miami to reunite with my father, who I haven't seen in 13 years. So that was a post that I made in December of 2015. As you hear at the end, it was 13 years after meeting my, meeting my dad for the first time. I met my dad when I was 19. And not knowing him not understanding what that father-daughter dynamic felt like somehow affected me. I'm not sure if it affected me because biologically, naturally, it's something that happens or if I had spent time, you know, observing other people, observing other families and perhaps seeing people with their dads or hearing about it. You know what I mean? You always hear of an absent father is the issue, problems might show up. So that might have been the issue that caused me to feel that super intense, deep void of not having a dad. And it definitely affected my relationships in different ways, different types of relationships. But in 2013, 2014 or so, I was sitting in a car with a gentleman who I was dating at the time and he said to me, you, it, it's, it seemed very difficult for you to accept somebody taking over and supporting you and helping you. I think you need to really go forward and speak with your dad because this is a conversation that we had the first day we met. Literally, the first day I met this guy, he asked me, um, so I know who your mom is, but, you know, who's your dad and stuff like that. And once I said I've never met him, um, uh, I, I didn't know him well. I met him when I was 19. 
he said, well, Father's Day is coming up in a few months. I think you should reach out. And I refused because when I met him at 19, that encounter was so, it was painful. It was painful. That's the word that I'm going to put into a nutshell and very disappointing because when you go your whole life, not knowing your parent, you kind of of create this fantasy in your head of what it would be like when you finally meet them, right? You think, oh, this is going to be great. We're going to meet. We're going to talk. We're going to heal. And we're just going to ride off into the sunset and live happily ever after. <laughs> it's not like that. It's not always like that, you know, and it definitely wasn't like that for me. It was uh, uh, a difficult encounter because of many, many reasons, which... I will tap into more throughout this season. I definitely plan on continuing this story of what actually happened once my dad was in my life, when we started to build a relationship and how it's going now. Uh, make sure you tap back in and stay tuned for part two and part three of Daddy Issues. But we're about to jump into, I'm sorry to cut this story short, but I need to keep y'all suspended for a second because the story is big, the story is long, and I promise you this episode, it, I wouldn't do any justice just squeezing all of it into this first conversation. But this is part one, two additional parts are coming up, and I want to jump into our next segment. Did you know? Did you know? Well, actually, I probably shouldn't even frame this question this way. I'm curious to know what you know, what your theory is, what your opinion is. I've noticed, no shade to anybody, this is just an observation, and I'm very, very curious, right? I like to start conversations about all types of things. So when I look back at photos of older Caribbean people or old photos uh, from back in the day, I noticed that people hardly smiled. Seriously, people hardly smiled. People were just super serious. I didn't really see many poses going on. People were just either standing really straight, uh, looking straight to the camera, and just this expression of indifference. I'm curious. I, I've always wanted to know, why aren't people smiling? And you know what I noticed also when I started um, connecting with people in Guyana on Facebook, I had a lot of experiences where people were like, She's, she does a lot in her picture. She be doing the most, always doing this, always doing that. I'm just curious to know your opinions and your theories on this. Why do you think that was? Email me, talk with nola at gmail talk t-a-l-k with w-i-t-h nola n-o-l-a at gmail talk with nola at gmail email me let me it doesn't have to be anything scientific it doesn't have to be anything deep it could be i think they were i think they were scared or whatever it is it could be a one line it could be uh just a super simple theory email me let me know your thoughts and we're definitely going to be unpacking this on Instagram and Facebook and YouTube, all right? Make sure you hit me up, let me know your opinions and theories. Okay, so now on to the SOA Q&A.
What are a few things I think would be different if my dad was present in my life? This is just what I think. You really never know, right? Um, unless you actually walk through it. But I know for certain that my lack of guidance when it comes to interacting with men was definitely a, 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 a standing issue. So probably that one for certain. Um, there were so many times when I didn't feel protected, you know, and having a mom who had to work so many hours a day, every single day of the week, just so we could live a, a regular life, like basic things needed to be paid for, bills, food, you know, no vacations, nothing crazy or luxurious. It took up a lot of her time a lot of her brain space. So there wasn't really a lot of time for us to do things together and interact. And I do feel like when you have two parents, the chances of actually having your parents around more often, it's a little bit better. But I do feel not feeling protected and um, the way I interacted with men, maybe, because who knows, sometimes your parents both are around and they're present and you still come up with certain issues. So. Uh, that's just a guess. Not sure, but I'm gonna go with that. What is the trippiest part of me that I see in my child? There's something that I learned about myself. You know, a lot of times we learn about ourselves when people say things to us, right? And we don't always want to invite those, you know, whether it's a negative critique or uh, something that's delivered nicely. At the end of the day, regardless of what people say, you can learn something about yourself, whether it's how you react or just a trait that you didn't even know was there. So I said all of that to say that one day my brother was trying to quell this issue, this heated situation between my mom and I, right? And my brother was like, here's, here's the issue. This is what I see. Nola is a person of order. She feels more comfortable when things are in order. She feels more comfortable when things are planned out and structured. And my mom really isn't that kind of person. So that's really what the core issue was on that day that I saw it very differently from how she was seeing things. I wanted things to be a little bit more structured, a little bit more uh, planned so that we could have a stress-free experience. And my mom was more of a, let's go with the flow type of deal. I see that in my son. I, I noticed that he is very spontaneous, but he also honors order. He honors uh, principles and natural laws. So um, I'm, I'm not even sure if that's something I taught him or if that's something that popped up in his DNA, because I definitely see a lot of things in me that came from my dad and I didn't even know him. So DNA plays a role too. How do I see AI influencing the Nolaro experience? In a lot of ways, but I think the most important way for me is having uh, an extra having extra support on the team without having to pay someone a full salary. <laughs>
that to me is a huge um it's it's a huge help because it creates a more seamless a less stress-free a more seamless and a stress-free experience when it comes to creating and definitely when it comes to connecting with people this experience is really about creating and connecting all right so today's happy habit i just got really loud for no reason well the reason is probably because i'm talking about a happy habit knowing when to be quiet let me explain it's not always knowing when to be quiet in a conversation it's I'm thinking of two times when you can be quiet. When you're by yourself, right? That's one. When you are by yourself, it is so important to take a moment to not consume anything, not listen to anything, not eat anything, not drink anything, not take anything in at all. There has to be a moment when it's just you. And if you find that you are alone and it's quiet, and you're feeling like, you know what? I'm about to lose it. I'm losing my mind. I can't deal with the quietness. That's definitely something to tap into. It's so important for humans to be able to hear themselves. That's how you download information. That's how you tap into your intuition. That's how you make more informed decisions. And when I say informed, I mean on a spiritual level, not, oh, I read a book or I heard this on the news or I heard this on social media and this is the information that I got that's helping me make this decision. I'm talking about authentic information, which can only come from within. You can call it coming from God. You can call it coming from the universe. I see it the same way, right? So when you're alone, being quiet gives you that superpower. When you are with people, that's another time. When you're with people learning how to be quiet, sometimes people say things and you might be triggered. Sometimes people say things and you might feel super compelled to just respond or engage or talk about it because maybe the gossip is sweet. Or maybe they're saying something that you feel, if I don't interject, then they're not going to know the correct thing. And I'm the one who can come in and give them the right information so that they're not saying the wrong thing. You're not always needed for that. And knowing when to be quiet is such a joy hack. Sometimes situations go down and nobody can say, hey, she said something or he said something, walking away and knowing that nobody can point a finger that you contributed to whatever the issue was, or people went off and figured out their things on their own and they can't say, hey, you gave me the wrong advice. Knowing when to be quiet. I'm not saying to be quiet all the time. I'm saying knowing when. It really produces such joy because one, you're bringing peace to yourself, you're eliminating drama, and when you're by yourself and you're able to tap into your intuition and download information from the source, you feel empowered. I'm telling you, you feel like a super person because you're like, here I am sitting here without a book, without a TV, without a person, and I just learned something out of thin air. Try it. Thank you for tuning in to the Nola Rowe Experience Podcast. Created and hosted by Nola Rowe. Produced by Take Action Media. Theme song by Mr. Malek. 
sponsored by The Hills Restaurant, Brooklyn, New York. Listen to us on all podcast platforms and follow us on social media at the Nola Row Experience Podcast. Visit the Nola Row Experience Podcast.com and connect with us via email at talkwithnola at gmail.com.